Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Thank you for joining me around the fireside tonight. My name is Joe. I'm here to tell you a story. A story of fantasy and peril. A story of betrayal and hope and destiny. A story of one normal girl and her quest to save many different worlds. A story about love. Presenting Kira's Quest Sacrifices. Written by Christy Brown. And find more of this talented author's work on Amazon. This episode is sponsored by the Eyesborn Wellbeing Charity. The Eyesborn offers classes, courses, and workshops, as well as one to one therapies and bespoke workplace wellbeing programs, either online or at their centre in Cheltenham, Gloucestershire. They focus on making well-being accessible to as many people as they can and have a number of free courses and resources to go along with their affordable price structure. For more information, head over to eyesborn.org or click the link in the description. Don't forget to leave a comment, a like or review and subscribe to the show. Should you wish to support Tales by the Fireside, please check out talesbythefireside.com forward slash support. Now please, get comfortable, let go of the daylight, and join me for our story. Kira's Quest by Christy Brown Sacrifices Wake up! His eyes opened wide. Lashes beating fiercely against a new, violent brightness. Trying to gauge his surroundings, searching his mind for a single clue, a memory that might lead to how he came to be here. The unfamiliarity of both brought about panic. Stretching out his limbs, attempting to sit up. A searing pain sent a jolt to every body part and he recoiled like a defensive snake. Mind and body collapsed in unison as his limbs dangled down like paper lanterns. The image of a girl jumped before his streaming lids and a faint smile caressed his mouth. Time danced in and out, 
first a quick step, then a waltz. Images too dark for his mind flicked randomly. Then the nothingness came and took root in his soul, drenching him in emptiness with no sense of haste. This was the sloth, the torment. The cycle would start over, and his mind slowly made sense of them now. Old memories confused with scenes of war and pain. People he loved hurting. People he loved attacking him. Had this happened? Was this how they'd left him? As his brain tricked him with unbearable ideas, tears pinched away at his eyes. The name Kira escaped his lips. Open your eyes. Open your eyes. I command you, slave, open your eyes. Joe's eyes flicked in horror in reaction to the venomous tone. Ah, at last. Felt like joining us, did we? Where? Joe's voice broke with dryness. It felt like weeks since he last drank. Where? Where am I? What are you doing to me? A beautiful face sprang into his thoughts and the haze began to lift. Where's Kira? Where is she? He feebly demanded. Joe tried to sit up, but the tight binds pulled him back down to the slab that held him fast. Googe. A weak voice quivered from somewhere behind. The boy's not ready. Fire up the machine and blast him again. From above, two metal stalks with blue neon lights at their ends swung rapidly toward him, wrapping around his forehead, flashing their brightness directly into his vision. A small, rodent-like squeal vibrated around his skull. Silence fell again as Joe started to slip into the nightmare, which for now was more welcoming than reality. The boy is stronger than we expected, your majesty. Maybe, a frail voice drifted from behind the curtain. Or maybe his feelings for her are stronger than we realised. Interesting. We can use this to our advantage. Crank up the voltage, let's turn all that sickening love into beautiful heart-pumping hate. Joe's unconscious body contorted in pure agony and the frail voice sighed with pleasure. Chapter 2 And who is she? Kira blurted out most unattractively. Kira, let me introduce you to Jude. Zack smiled, patting Jude lightly on the shoulder. The small girl changed from porcelain white to lobster red at his touch. Kira felt a little pushed out, perhaps a little jealous of this mousy blonde who was actually a little plain. Her features were a tad too small for her round face, and her naturally turned-down mouth gave the impression of a constant frown. Jude is an important ally. She's our eyes and ears. Our connection to the Rebellion, working inside the Dark Palace. I would really like it if you two could get along. He strode over to Kira, lightly manoeuvring her until she was toe-to-toe with this new rival. After eyeballing one another for a few moments, Kira stepped back, offering her hand. I guess it's nice to meet you. She would hold judgement for now, but this newbie almost felt like a replacement. Jude's face lit up in gratitude. When she smiled, it was like looking at a different girl, an almost attractive one. Kira began to unlike her again. This is the only entrance left to the palace. All the others have been magically locked, Jude informed them. Why has this one been overlooked? Kira fidgeted. Zack made a strange spluttering sound. This is the sewer tunnel, he sighed. 
The Witch Queen probably thinks nobody would be crazy enough to attempt passage this way. Plus, continued Jude, it's really cramped, so it does take a while. Not so much for me, Jude laughed. I'm quite unique in size. It was true. From behind, Jude could have been mistaken for a young child. It's a family thing. I think it kind of makes me endearing, she shrugged. Zack messed her hair affectionately and Kira raised an untrusting eyebrow. Well, I'm not going in there, Kira huffed, crossing her arms like a defiant four-year-old. Why not? Zack asked. For starters, how long exactly is that tunnel? I mean, the palace looks tiny from here. If I can do it, you can, Jude said, a bit too cocky for Kira's liking. And if the smell is anything to go by, Kira grimaced, then uh, no thanks. I don't understand. You and I have faced far worse than this, and yet you're frightened of a tiny tunnel. Come on, Matthews, you want to go first? I've already told you, Zack, I'm not going in there. Not even for you. Kira cringed upon hearing herself. The three stood silently for a few awkward minutes. I don't like confined spaces. Okay, I said it, Kira half-whispered. Look, said Zack, holding her shoulders. Do you want to save your friend? Yes, of course you know I do. More than anything. Wiping several tears with her sleeve. I'm going in. If you don't follow, if you don't follow, then this could be goodbye. Forever. Zack lightly kissed her forehead. He turned, dropped to the ground, and then disappeared into the forbidden tunnel. Forever, Zack shouted behind. I'll go next then, Jude said, getting into position. Uh, no, I'll go next. Kira pushed in front to the entrance. If I go last, I may not go at all. And I don't want you anywhere near my Zack, she thought as she smiled sweetly at a disgruntled jade. Kira tied the chocolate tendrils back of her face and knelt in the entrance. Putting her head inside the hole, the overwhelming stench of feces stung her eyes. Oh God, oh God. Wincing, she took the longest breath possible and pictured Joe. Chapter 3 She seemed to have only moved a few inches when it happened. An unfamiliar screech like when you accidentally stand on a cat's paw escaped Kira's lungs. Yow! Panic took over, feeling like she had expanded in the tight space. Like a bottled cork, she was completely wedged. Shh, Kira, what's wrong? Zack asked. I think she's stuck. Jude's muffled words rumbled from behind. How can you be? I'm bigger than both of you and I made it through. Just. Zack slowly reversed, edging closer to Kira. Jude continued forward. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Kira wriggled frantically, trying to escape the tiny area. The three of them were all together now in a compact line. Bottom to nose, bottom to nose. Kira, listen to me, Zack said as he quarter turned his head. I can't move, Zack. I can't do this. Kira, he commanded, sounding almost like the king he would become. Breathe. Just breathe. Shh, that's it. Calm down. Breathe in and out. In and out. Kira stopped moving and focused on his voice. You're not stuck. You just need to tilt your shoulders to the right slightly. On the count of three. One, two, three. Tilt. I can't do this, she sobbed. You can do this. You just need to tilt. Zack sounded angry. Look, he said, changing his tone. 
The smell and dampness isn't one of my best life experiences, but it beats being a doll any day. No, I mean, I can't do this with you anymore. I'm just a girl who likes normal things. Shopping, dancing, singing, hearing the rain against my window at night and just normal stuff. All this has to be a mistake. Pick someone else. Kira, Zack whispered. It's always been you. There can be no one else. Kira heard Jude tut from behind and found herself smiling a little. We were meant to meet, and you're meant to... Zack's words were submerged by the sudden sweet lullaby that emitted from Kira's ring. My mother's voice again. I miss her so much. This is a sign, surely. With that, Kira tilted her body and thrust herself onward. See? I knew she wasn't really stuck, drama queen, Jude mumbled. Zack snapped back into the moment as the ring's light dimmed and the sweet tune quietened. Come on, girls, we have a mission to complete. Plus the fact, Kira said, it stinks of cat sick and cheesy feet down here. The rancidness must be singeing your nostril hair, Zack. Okay, okay, good to have the old Kira back. On with the plan, time to move forward. Chapter 4 The entire assembly hall rippled with rumours and accusations. The students of Stanforth High were suspicious and scared. Some were still embarrassed by the fact that their mother, father or older sibling had insisted on chaperoning them to school. Most mourned the loss of Joe, the school's star athlete. Some missed the moody gothic boy who would strum his guitar in the dinner hall on a wet day. Everyone wished the two missing boys would just appear, and it had all been part of some crazy schoolboy hoax. Some knew better. Maddie, for one, knew she would never again hear the annoying strumming of Daz's guitar. How she missed those noises now. Hearts were breaking all over this shell-shocked school today. Now, something new was taking place. It was the first day of term, and Maddie knew this wasn't going to be the usual welcome back speech. Two police officers stood in conference with Mrs Jackson, the weebly-wobbly school head, at the front of the room. The crowd grew silent, almost holding their breath en masse, trying to hear the murmurings of the three secretive stooges. A sense of fear trembled through the students. Words such as death, missing and boys carried backward from row to row until the whispering turned into an unbearable buzzing. Everyone was under suspicion. Verity Thirtle, the science teacher, adjusted his tie as his beady eyes shifted like each student was guilty. Can I have everyone's attention, please? Mrs Jackson boomed over the restless crowd. Someone so small, she had some large pipes on her. Chloe and Ben Wilson, the tiresome twins, shushed everybody mockingly, trying as usual to catch brownie points. Everyone fell silent. Maddie braced herself. Had they found her best friend? Was she... Hello, children. My name is Officer Miller, announced the tall, bulbous-nosed gentleman. This here is Officer Cole. The short, piggy-eyed sidekick nodded in a half-grunt. As you all know, the search of the missing boys is still ongoing. By this, Maddie knew they meant at a standstill. Anyone with any new information, please come and see myself or Officer Cole after this assembly. He coughed dryly. Maddie gasped as the throat clearing was sure to make way for more bad news. Could all of her friends have been taken by this new evil? Was Kira okay? What could this double act possibly know? Maddie leaned forward in anticipation. Now, Officer Miller said, wiping his sweaty forehead. 
I am very sorry to tell you another child has been reported missing. The students frantically looked around, trying to gauge who was absent. Maddie stared blankly straight ahead. Kira Matthews was last seen leaving home around 15.45 yesterday, heading for a walk along the beach. If anyone has any further information, it is crucial that you come forward. Officer Miller scanned the crowd in misguided hope. Ben Wilson's arm shot up in the air. Is this a murder investigation, Officer Miller? Shut up, Ben, you div! Chloe pulled his arm down and looked embarrassed at her sniggering brother. Maddie glanced at Chloe, a little unnerved as this was unusual behaviour for her. For a moment, their eyes locked, and they shared a look between them that said so much. Madison Smith, you will remain behind, please, Mrs Jackson nodded. All eyes were on Maddie and her cheeks flushed in awkward dread. Did they think she knew more than she was saying? Did they think she was guilty? Did they think she was next? Chapter 5 See, we made it. Zack held a hand out to assist Kira as she flopped from the sewer hole like a damp squid. Splat. Brilliant. More grime. She lay motionless, panting, imitating a thirsty Labrador. On your feet, soldier. Zack laughed fondly, grabbing her arms and pulling her upright. Kira quickly assessed their new surroundings. Much to her dismay, they were anything but inviting. However, they were slightly less cramped than the previous sewer crawl. This was just a larger version. Slab walls with various mutations of slime breeding. Mass families of fungi webbed across every surface. Yikes. Jude clambered out behind them. Zack gallantly moved into position to catch her. It's okay, I can do it. I am the expert when it comes to tunnels. They don't call me Mouse for nothing. Jude blushed, as if she didn't quite believe her own hype. Okay, expert, is there a towel or something we can use to get all this stuff off our hands? Kira held both hands out as far away from herself as possible. There are supplies waiting for us. Gosh, Kira, it's just a bit of poo. Mouse shook her head and laughed. Just don't put it near your mouth. Where to, oh leader? Zack asked, quickly glancing around. This new area was just as unpleasant as the tunnel. Not physically, perhaps, but mentally. Zack and Kira both knew it was going to be worse than they could have ever imagined. Follow me. Mouse started to scurry away. The smell gets better, I promise. Kira sighed. She should be in class right now. Probably listening to Ferrety Thirtle talking about compounds and stuff. Instead, she was here. Down a dark, putrid tunnel that led to... Well... Possible death. At least we can stand up now, Zack whispered, as always trying to put a good spin on things. Jude, Mouse, led them on through more damp caves and tunnels. Why do we seem to be sloping? Kira asked. Because we're going down under the palace itself, underground, right Mouse? Mouse nodded, leading them further down as the stone walls dripped gunk onto their skin. They reached a large overhang. Stop. Mouse half-whispered, half-spat, putting her arms out for sheer dramatic effect. The pathway ends here. You may be shaken by what you're about to witness. Under no circumstances must we be detected. Zack and Kira nodded in wide-eyed agreement. And guys, oh, I mean, your majesty, Mouse blushed as she caught his eye. Try not to fall over the edge. Dropping to their knees and crawling forward until they ran out of ground, six eyes looked down. Kira let out a chihuahua-like yelp. Zack shoved his hands over her mouth. I hadn't realised how bad things had gotten, 
Zack whispered. Kira watched as a single tear slid from her chin all the way down to the ground, hitting the horrific scene below. She hadn't even realised she'd been crying. Chapter 6 Uh, hello? Maddie knocked tentatively and peered around the Weebles' office door. An uneasy-looking Mrs. Jackson sat behind the desk. Officers Cole and Miller stood at either side, like two bookends. Not the matching kind. Maybe the type where one is the cat's upper body and face, and the other is the cat's bottom. Please take a seat, Madison. Mrs. Jackson seemed ruffled, and little beads of sweat formed along her frizzy hairline. Okay, Madison replied, pressing her lips together, feeling like a wanted fugitive. You're not in any trouble, my dear. This is not an interrogation. The Weeble smiled warmly. Maddie glanced quickly to the suspecting eyes of the two officers, gulping in anticipation. It's okay, Madison. A familiar, warmer voice came from behind. Turning to see Kira's uncle hovering in the corner, relaxing instantly, letting out the breath she unknowingly held. Now then, miss, Officer Miller bent down, putting both palms on the pristinely tidy desk. We know little, but what we do know is you were also seen near the pier at around 1600 hours yesterday. Coincidence? I think not. Officer Cole's eyes narrowed behind his partner. What were they accusing her of? You're scaring the poor kid, Tom entered, placing his hand on Maddie's shoulder, giving her the it'll be all right squeeze. Did you see Kira, Maddie? I did, but only for a minute or two. I had to be back for dinner. And what about Miss Matthews? Officer Cole stepped forward, seemed surprised at breaking his own silence. Uh, uh, she, she said she had to think about some stuff. So I left her. Officer Miller started pacing. Did you say anything else? Did you see anyone else? Think. Anything that might give us a clue as to the whereabouts of your friend. Maddie cringed at the way he said friend, like he was implying she was less than that, or she was behind all this. Maddie wanted to jump up and protest her innocence. She wanted to blurt out the bizarre happenings. Since Kira had found that strange doll, everything had changed. How important it all was and how unimportant it made her feel. Imagining all the anguish and pain lifting from her tense body, along with all the secrets she promised to hold. But she didn't tell. She couldn't. Deep down, Maddie believed Kira would come back. She had only been in Zack's presence briefly, but something about him completely calmed her. He would protect Kira. She just knew it. So, saying nothing and feeling dumb, as hard questions were fired her way, weaving and dodging them clumsily, keeping the I-just-don't-know look on her face. Would you mind if I had a moment alone with her, officers, Mrs. Jackson? Tom smiled charismatically, pushed his glasses up his nose, and nodded with authority. Thank God for Tom, Maddie thought, and relaxed back in the chair. Mm, two minutes, snapped Officer Cole. They left the room, and Tom listened at the door until their footsteps went away. Right, Madison, Tom folded his arms. Yes? I need to know exactly what Zack said to Kira last night before they disappeared, and I need to know right now. Maddie sprang forward, sending the chair backward. Uh, what? Chapter 7 well now, what do we have here? Three stowaways? Three companions whirled around in unison as Kira sucked in a breath. Was this game over? 
Had they been discovered by... Oh, thought Kira with relief. A scruffy-looking girl. The girl stood confidently, almost arrogantly before them, hands on hips, surveying them. Who did this ruffian think she was standing before a prince like she owned the world, with her self-cut spiky hair and torn clothes? Under all the dirt, her topaz eyes flickered familiarly, and, with a little conditioner, her hair was almost black. Kira's gaze continued to float over this newcomer. One assessment, she concluded that together they could take her. Mouse, aren't you going to introduce me to your new friends? Oh yeah, sorry, Alex. Mouse gestured to them. This is Prince... Uh, of course I know who he is, Alex teased. Zack, right? And you? Alex turned to Kira. You must be the infamous Kira. Come to save all of us, have you? About time, I say. Mouse grimaced. She doesn't mean it, honest. It's just that, well, things are tough down here. Kira nodded, having already seen the scene below, shuddering at the thought of spending one second in it. Well, let's get to business. Alex rapidly began firing out information. The guards' change is nearly over, so I'll have to go back before they notice I'm gone. You three will hide up here until the next change in two hours. What's the plan? Zack asked, seemingly impressed with Alex. Kira noticed a difference in Zack that made her uneasy. Was he acting coy, or was it that he wasn't used to taking orders? She couldn't quite put her finger on it. Kira and Mouse looked from Zack to Alex as Zack shuffled lightly from foot to foot. Did he like her? No, he couldn't. Could he? Kira manoeuvred herself between the two, trying to block Zack's view. Mouse cleared her throat, pretending to busy herself with her rucksack. Right, so what's the plan? Kira asked, taking charge of the situation. Alex seemed unaware or totally uninterested in the heated feelings ping-ponging about the frozen cave. Alex rifled off more instructions. Guards change at 0800. This takes roughly five minutes. In this time, you will come down this mineshaft and take one prisoner each. No more, no less. This will go on every two hours until I have all of my team, of which there are nine. One each as we cannot risk detection. Alex took a breath, allowing time for them to absorb the information. Once you have them, direct them back up the sewer tunnel where they will wait for the others to join them. Once you have all nine, take them to the safety of your kingdom. Uh, Alex. Zack seemed hesitant on butting in while the girl was in full flow. One question. Isn't my palace being guarded by the witch's men? That's the strange thing. We thought she would have moved in by now. For some reason, she seems to detest the place. No guards, no patrols. It's just kind of left barren since you... When it's safe for me to leave, I will join you. Put on the clothes provided. She looked at Kira's red hoodie and sneaker ensemble. These will help you blend in. Stay quiet, stay warm, stay focused. With that, Alex threw herself down the mineshaft, dropping out of sight. Here's your towel. You two ought to sit and get warm. It's a long time to sit around waiting, Mouse whispered, tossing the dirty rags at them. Zack was quiet. Had he heard anything they'd said? Kira guessed by the faraway look in his eyes and the small cheeky grin. He was thinking about Alex. The three began changing into their ugly attire. The darkness of the cave covered most of their blushes. Zack in one corner, the girls in the other. So, Mouse broke the silence that Kira was rather enjoying. You into Zack or what? What? Kira laughed, feeling her ears burning in embarrassment. Well, you two are pretty close. Are you a couple? No, we're not. But you're into him, right? Mouse narrowed her eyes on Kira's as if trying to see into her mind. No, not right. And may I just say, you're quite rude for someone I just met. Kira finished dressing and crossed her arms. 
positioning her back into the niggling little annoyance. Standing in the darkness for a few moments, Kira thought about Jude's questions and realised she couldn't answer them. She felt something for Zack, but that was what she hadn't figured out yet. Then there was Joe, the guy she was bursting to see again. Thinking he was dead almost destroyed her. Kira warmed, smiling at the thought of their reunion. We'd best all huddle together in this corner. It seems the driest spot. Mouse beckoned to Zack. Kira turned to Zack for approval. Looking at him dressed as Nurchin, Kira couldn't help but splutter a laugh. I wish I had a camera. Shh, Mouse hissed, eyebrows joining in the middle. Sorry, Kira bit her lip. Okay, okay, let it go, Zack waved his hand. The truth is, unless we defeat this evil and bring Xantar back to its former glory, it won't matter what I wear or who I am. Kira nodded. Rags or not, Zack's presence shone regally and his beautiful emerald eyes still sparkled with hope. Chapter 8 The curtain was pulled across, like it had been for so long now. Googe popped his head around. Your Majesty, it is nearly time for your next treatment. Are you able to stand, or do you need some assistance? The frail, weathered woman pushed herself up slowly from her sickbed and swung her feet over the side. I can manage, thank you, Googe. Googe bowed. Having heard this speech every day, he positioned himself for the outcome of her sheer stubbornness. Ah! The defeated screech pierced the palace walls. Googe sprang with his lizard legs. He timed it just right every time, catching her before her feeble carcass hit the floor. The first time, he wasn't as precise and got more than a lashing of her tongue. Put me back on the bed for now. Yes, your highness. May I suggest that today we give you four treatments? It pains me to see you like this. To see what that girl has done to you pains me greatly. Fine. Don't go getting all sickly on me, please. Four treatments should make me strong again. Every hour, on the hour. Go. Bring me the next urchins. Googe bowed and grovelled, the few hairs on his chin almost touching the floor. I already have two candidates waiting outside. I will instruct your guards to catch two more. He backed out of the witch queen's chambers, still spouting cringeworthy compliments to his frail mistress. A young woman and a pale-faced girl wriggled and squirmed in a zombie guard's grip. Bring them in, the witch queen's voice broke with weakness. Please, please, your highness, please don't do this. What can we do for you? Anything. Keep us working in your minds. Let, let your guards whip and beat us, but please, not this. We've seen the others come out of here. They're different. The woman clasped her hands in prayer and sank to her knees. The young girl at her side began to whimper. Bring them forward for the queen's inspection, Googe ordered the zombie guard. The girls kicked and pushed their feet hard into the ground, but to no avail. They were pushed along like pebbles, arriving just short of the thick velvet curtain. Come a little closer, ladies. The voice played with their fears. The curtain drew back, and the witch queen was standing on her own two legs for the first time since the battle with Kira. Your Majesty, Googe chimed, running to her side. It's so good to see you healthier at last. Yes, yes, Googe. The witch queen waved him aside. I have brought you youthful offerings this time, your greatness. Their energy should feed you well. Hmm, she looked them slowly up and down. They do look tasty, 
Good work, Gooch. Always at your service, always here to please you. Yes, let's get on with it, shall we? Gooch nodded and stepped back to watch. He loved having a front row seat. He loved watching greatness at work. Please, I beg you, please don't, the pale girl cried out. I don't know why you're so sad. You're doing your queen a great favour. You're part of something life-changing, something never-ending. Me. I'm only borrowing a little essence. Don't you want to see me well again? The evil tormentor pouted like a stubborn child. You'll get it back eventually. Until that day, you'll just have a little holiday in your minds where nothing will matter. It may be quite nice for you, really. Better than working in a mine all day long. Of course, you still will be, you just won't know it. The pair hollered in unison as a witch placed a bony hand on each of their heads and sunk her tawny, crusty nails into their temples. The victims screamed like lobsters being boiled alive. Googe jumped up and down in excitement. Their bodies shook violently. The witch queen straightened up and roared in laughter. I feel it, the power, the power. The two girls slumped to their knees, expressionless and mute. It won't be long now, my Googe, and I'll be back. Leading armies, ruling worlds. Yes, yes, my queen. Get them out of here. They're ruining the decor. Bring more. Bring more. The witch queen swirled around her bed as if she were 15 again. At once, my mistress. Chapter 9 We'll take it in turns to sit in the middle for the extra warmth. Ladies first, Zack smiled at Kira. That's me then. Mouse said, diving between the two of them. Zack shrugged, eyebrows raised. Kira smiled sweetly back. A few moments passed, as they listened to awful grindings down below. Slaves being whipped, forced to work harder. Kira felt sick, scared. Would you stop fidgeting? Kira whispered. Sorry, I fidget when I'm nervous, and when I'm freezing. Zack, could you put your arm around me please? I'm so cold, Jude asked. Kira blew out her cheeks in resentment when Zack did as Jude asked. Five more minutes, Mouse, then it's my turn in the middle. Mouse buried deep into Zack's shoulder, making an mmm sound. His awkward expression said it all, easing Kira's mind. Right, that's it, Ratty. Switch places. Mouse snarled back and unwillingly gave up her spot. Kira, now in the middle, felt content next to Zack, where for some obscure reason she belonged. For a few relaxed moments, letting her mind empty, resting her cheek to his chest, feeling safe in his arms as they tightened around her, the thudding of his heartbeat soaked into her, sighing blissfully, losing herself in the embrace. So have you ever, like, been in love? Mouse stumbled over the words. Uh, no, I haven't. I'm still very young. Zack looked everywhere, but at Mouse. The three sat huddled together along the cold, fungus-covered wall. Kira was asleep in the middle, doing a cute little whimper every time she breathed out. Zack cradled her like she was scared. Of course, Zack stiffened. I don't really get time for such pleasures with all my royal duties. Of course, of course. Mouse fell silent for a second. Do you believe in love at first sight? Mouse whispered, frowning at Zack's arm fondly placed around the other girl. I don't really know. Zack seemed puzzled at this line of questioning. I guess you can like someone upon seeing them, and I guess you'll just know it. He smiled, but not at Mouse, as she wondered who this secret smile was for. But, 
Mouse stammered. What would be the point of you even looking? You're born into a world where marriages are arranged from birth. Oh no, Zack chuckled, shaking his blonde locks. My father abolished that law when he fell for my mother. Gosh, Mouse, you really have been in this cave for too long. Oh, Mouse muttered, turning her face away into the darkness. Ah! Kira's head shot up from the warmth of Zack's chest. Some god-awful noise had ripped her from a dream. The three of them scurried to the overhang and looked down to see what had shaken the slaves so badly. A plumpish woman played tug-of-war with a young boy. However, the guards on his other arm were much stronger. That's Eric, one of the king's guards. What the... What's wrong with him? Zack gasped. Shh, Mouse warned. The king's guards work for her now. They're under some sort of mind-control spell. Sort of zombies to her will. Down there, if you're not zombified, you're a slave. Or a victim of essence-stealing, soon to be brainless. Please, please don't take my boy. Take me instead. Another burly man stepped forward, who Zack recognised as being the king's faithful lieutenant. We will take you both, he droned in an emotion-free tone. The three onlookers gasped in horror as the two prisoners were escorted away. Kira could still hear the young boy sobbing. That's it, I'm going down there. Zack sprang to his feet. Both girls yanked him down again. You can't ruin the plan now, Mouse snapped. I'm sorry, your majesty, but we must stick to the plan. She's right. Kira placed a hand on his arm. You know she is. Chapter 10 Say something, say anything. Look, I know this has come as a bit of a shock. Tom pushed the tortoise shell glasses up his nose, a nervous habit he didn't realise he had. Madison, are you okay? Maddie sat silently in the chair, looking up at him wide-eyed, mouth gaping. Tom waved his hand in front of her unblinking expression. Hello? Earth to Madison, are you still with me? Who? And... Whoa! Maddie breathed out finally. This is major. Totally, stupendously major. Suddenly, all the questions she had flooded out. How long have you known? Are you really her uncle? Are you one of them? What shall we do now? Are you evil? Why didn't you stop Daz dying? She lowered her face and tried to shake off the sorrowful anger she felt. Maybe, she said, her head still lowered. You are evil, or you would have helped. Tensing, trying not to estimate the probability of getting past him. She may not be Joe in the speed stakes, but she figured Tom to be at least 40. It's okay. Tom clasped her chin, gently lifting it. He bent to her level. Maddie didn't see any darkness in him. Just Tom. Good old reliable Tom. But I don't understand. I. All you need to know right now is yes, I am Kira's uncle. And no, I am definitely not evil. Madison smiled a little at ever thinking such things. Tom grinned back before his expression became quite stern. Most importantly, Kira cannot know about my involvement in this. Nobody can know. What? Maddie shot from the chair. She's my best friend, are you kidding me? Tom took hold of the door handle. Come on, smiling, looking over the top of his glasses. Let's see if we can bust you out of this joint. Let's take a walk. Go and get your coat and I'll clear it with Mrs Jackson. Tom left the office. His loafers squeaked in the uncomfortably silent corridors. Maddie walked out in a daze, anxiety beating wildly in her chest, palms sweating at the thought of the unknown. So what was that all about, Smith? Huh? Maddie jumped. Leaning against the lockers with her arms folded, 
draped in designer labels, was Chloe Wilson. There was not a bobbed hair out of place, and expensive makeup had been applied with precision over her accusing face. Apple green eyes stared deeply into Madison's until Madison couldn't help but look away. I said, Chloe spoke slowly, what was all that about? I, uh, that's none of your business, Wilson, Maddie tried to push past the overbearing girl, but Chloe stepped forward, blocking her path. You will tell me, Smith, or else. Or else what? What do you care anyway? Want to be the first to spread the gossip, do you? Chloe narrowed her eyes, and then her whole face seemed to soften. Maddie didn't recognise this girl. Okay, so I'm not Kira's biggest fan, but I don't want her dead or anything. I mean, she's not that bad. Chloe chewed her lip and shrugged. Whoa, don't tell me the great Chloe Wilson actually owns a heart. Putting her hands on her hips. As I told you, it's none of your business. You can't just be a total unfeeling cow for like eight years and then pretend you're actually human. Move aside. I don't expect you to... Chloe's speech was cut short as her troublesome twin came round the corner bouncing a basketball. Hey now, sis, slumming it with the scum today, are we? Ben Wilson snorted a laugh. Or should I say, watch your back. Ginger here might do you in. Like she does with all her friends. Who will be next on murderous Madison's list of death? Ben dramatically held his throat as if being choked. A few passers-by chuckled. Many still hadn't yet come to terms with their missing peers and tutted in distaste. I was just getting the gossip. Right, Smith? Madison swallowed hard, fighting back the tears. Oh, yeah, right. Madison noticed a pleading look in Chloe's eyes that she'd never seen before. The only looks Chloe gave were that of hate, anger, snobbery and dislike. Maybe the girl had the tiniest bit of compassion after all. The crowds disappeared, moving along to their next classes. Ben bounced his ball away, stroking his crew cut in disbelief. Come on, sis, he yelled behind. You may catch something nasty hanging around her. I know you're hiding something, Smith. Chloe came closer, her perfect pixie nose almost touching Maddie's. And I will find out. Today, tomorrow, I always find out. She backed away, and there, once more, was the bitter face Madison was used to seeing. Chloe sauntered lazily down the corridor. Watch your back. Oh, I am, Madison huffed. But you were the least of my worries. Chapter 11 I spy with my little eye something beginning with W. Wall, Zack said nonchalantly, as they had already done darkness, tunnel, sewer, mould, Zack's foot, Zack's arm, Mouse's nose. Kira, I think we've exhausted all our options now, he hinted. This game is tiresome, Mouse agreed. Silence fell. Zack and Mouse seemed to welcome it. I may just die of boredom, Kira puffed out her cheeks. That is, if the cold doesn't get me first. Poor you, Mouse snapped. How long till the next shift? It must have been two hours by now, surely. Kira got up and stretched her aching body in all directions. Seriously, I thought rigor mortis had set in, beaming a cheeky smile at Zack, which he returned. Trust you, you and your strange little ways. Alex's head popped up out of a tunnel entrance. Psst, guys, everyone okay? She didn't wait for a reaction. Right then, on your feet, troops, follow me quietly. And with that, she disappeared again. She's very flighty, isn't she? She always like that, Zack asked. Always. Well, I like it, he said. 
God, why don't you just wave your arms about and shout, Come and get us! Let's go, Mouse barked. Another hole to go down? Really? Kira questioned. I'm starting to feel like Alice in Flipping Wonderland. Zack gave her a firm shove into the hole. Ow! gasped Kira as she crash-landed onto her bottom. I'm going to feel that tomorrow. Zack tumbled out quite gracefully behind as she scrambled to give him room. On your feet, guys, Alex ordered, inspecting them briefly for signs of injury. Are you ready for this? Mouse and Zack nodded. Kira did the opposite. Thought you were supposed to be something special, love. I think I've just been lucky so far, Kira shrugged. Well, Miss Lucky, let's hope you are today, Alex almost smiled. What's next, Alex? Zack's face flushed a little on making eye contact with the elven-featured leader. Kira could have sworn that Alex took a little dry gulp before speaking. Well, the first three you rescue know you're coming, and we'll find you. Take them and proceed as discussed. I have to go before I'm missed. Alex turned to leave. Oh, and good luck. She seemed to linger on Zack's face a little longer than her words. With that, she dived effortlessly down a different shaft. The three waited patiently. A bell clanged nearby to signal the changing of the guards. Let's do this. Zack's voice deepened, and his expression read serious as he squeezed Kira's hand. Get your slave out of there as soon as they lock onto you. Keep your heads down, and I'll see you both at the top. Zack, I... Go, he ordered, cutting Kira off before stepping into the large mine, merging with the passing slaves. The girls followed without hesitation. Kira would follow Zack anywhere, as much as her inner voice told her to retreat. But why was Mouse so ready to lay down her life? She could have broken out at any given moment. Maybe she was just really loyal to the others, Kira mused, as she mingled into the crowd waiting for someone to grab her arm. The three scurried about, trying to look busy. Almost instantly, all three had a hand take them and pull them nearer the exit. Zack arrived at the mineshaft first and helped the rest as they scrambled to get to the top. Everyone made it back to the meeting point. Well, Kira said, eyes darting around at the five faces. That was easier than I expected. The three slaves hugged their rescuers in gratitude. Your Highness, one of the slaves bowed. We are forever in your debt. The boy could have been no older than Zack, but unlike Zack, he was frail and stooped. His eyes, like his two friends, looked sullen and exhausted. Please, please, we're all equal here. Please get up. Zack put out a hand to assist. The boy smiled. I am Mark. This here is Gareth, and the little one on the end is Tony. The small girl started to curtsy, then stopped and apologised. We are all that's left of the Narakian Rebellion. Huh? Kira frowned. Narakian? I thought no one survived the Narakian explosion, Zack said, looking puzzled. All in good time, your highness. Actually, Mouse, why not fill his highness in while you're waiting for the next guard change? Mouse shot Mark a shut-up stare. Zack and Kira looked at Mouse with wonder. Yes, yes, she threw her hands up in dramatic uproar. I'm Narakian too, big deal. We must bid you farewell, your highness. You too, fearless Kira. Goodbye, we'll see you soon. Ha! Kira laughed at the boy's strange sense of humour. You Narakians are hilarious. We will rendezvous when our numbers are greater, Mark bowed as he knelt before the stench of the sewer tunnel. For that, we're counting on you. We'll never forget this. Chapter 12 Tom and Maddie walked in silence along the deserted beach. Maddie gnawed on a strand of fiery red hair, 
something her mum always told her to stop. Daz used to think it was cute, and nowadays she did it all the more. Maybe he was watching her from a better place. This beach had been his second home. She seldom came here since. This place was now full of lost memories, stolen moments and cheeky glances. Their first date had been here. Every date pretty much had been. The smell of the salty sea brought back memories of Daz pretending to stumble into her, making her closer than she'd ever been to a boy. The sound of seagulls reminded her of eating chips, and the birds hovered above, anticipating their next steal. The sea, lapping against the rocky shore, conjured images of Daz teaching her to skim stones across the water. Her stones sank every time. And now, here she was, back at this place full of happy reminders tinged with a painful sting. She was with Kira's uncle, who seemed like a stranger. Kira's uncle, not Daz. She tried to think of the right question to ask, then shook her head in frustration. I've never seen the beach so peaceful, Tom mumbled. Maddie frowned at this pathetic attempt at conversation. Tis a school day, remember? I'm kind of bunking. Don't you worry about that. I cleared it with your head teacher. She wants you back for your next lesson. So let me get this straight. Zack said he needed Kira's help to save her friend, and she just went with him? Yeah, I've already told you everything I know. I'd be proud if it wasn't so ridiculously dangerous. What was she thinking? Why can she never wait? She's like her mother. Trailing off, lost somewhere in his own thoughts. Look, are you going to be straight with me? I mean, it works both ways, you know, Maddie said, rooting herself to the spot. Well now, Tom said, eyebrows high on seeing her resolve. Where do I begin? Let's see... Um, he pushed his glasses up his nose, wrapped his raincoat around himself and started pacing back and forth. Well, please begin somewhere. There are things that you don't need to know at this present time. Now you sound like a politician. Maddie narrowed her eyes. I am Kira's uncle. Fact. And you must know I love her very much. I've always known Kira was... is... special. I've worried that this time would come, but hope to protect her from it. Well, no offence, but who's protecting her now? She could be anywhere. Sorry, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean that. Maddie stuffed more hair into her mouth in order to silence herself. Tom sat on a bench, looking out to sea. Cannot say much. Yeah, she said that already. Sorry. Plonking down beside him. There are forces at work to help her. I'm doing all I can, all I'm allowed to. Huh? Maddie flummoxed. Are you even human? Yes, of course, Tom chuckled, a bit like a neighing pony. Why can't Kira know anything? One day, Kira's going to have to make some tough choices. And when that day comes, I want her to have led a normal, happy life here, so she can make measured choices. Tom got to his feet. Look, I'm going to have to go. I'm late for a meeting. Great, and what do I do in the meantime? I have all these secrets and I'm totally useless. Just keep doing what you're doing. Being a good friend. I'll walk you back. No, I'm okay. I'll see you soon, she reassured him, as he didn't seem convinced. Maddie watched as Tom bounded away, raincoat billowing behind him. Woof woof. Yap yap. Maddie jumped in shock. Terence, what are you doing here, boy? I wouldn't say you were totally useless. Maddie turned in panic. Who are you? Get the dog, too. 
was the last thing Maddie heard as a large hand clamped over her mouth and nose till she could no longer steal a breath. Chapter 13 The next rescue went without a hitch. Six down, three to go. Kira's cheeks flushed with exhaustion. We're doing this. I can't believe we're really doing this. You were brilliant down there, Kira, Zack said, over-squeezing her shoulders. <clears throat> Mouse cleared her throat. Oh, and you too, of course, Zack ruffled Mouse's hair, somewhat patronisingly. Yet, yeah, she seemed content with that. So, Mouse, Zack sat down and patted the space next to him. Tell us about Narak. What happened? How did you guys escape? Mouse's face paled, like someone had tiptoed over her grave. It's okay, Mouse. You don't have to tell us if it's too painful. But, Kira interrupted, we have nearly two hours before we begin again. Whatever shall we do? Kira became uncomfortable when Zack gave her a that's enough face. Sorry, didn't mean to sound unsympathetic. It's just that I can't sympathise if I don't know the details. Zack fake coughed in objection. Sorry, Jude. I mean, Mouse. Which do you prefer, Jude or Mouse? Kira asked. Okay, I give in. Mouse flung her hands up, signalling surrender. If I tell you, will you promise to be quiet and never bring it up again? I promise, Kira gestured a crossing of her heart. It all happened when I was about five or six, so my picture may be a little hazy. So about seven or eight years ago then, Kira butted in. Yes, Miss Pushypants, are you going to let me tell this? Kira's finger shot to her lips to show continued silence. Iraq was a peaceful planet. No hunger, no disease, no wars. Everyone worked in unison for the good of the whole. Sounds like bliss, Zack whispered. Sounds unreal, Kira shot her finger back up to her lips. Well, anyway, I was a happy little girl. My parents loved me. My sister and I would spend hours playing in the outfields or in the vast mountains and streams. Mouse's expression hardened, her eyes glazed over. Then came the day the skies cried crimson. Mother thought our gods were angry at our happiness. Father pushed us all into the barn where we huddled together and waited. Thunderous clangs boomed above us. Our world shook until my ears hurt. My little sister sobbed. It must have been too much as she squealed and ran outside. My parents followed, telling me to stay put no matter what happened. I was alone, terrified. My family never returned. I ventured outside when the chaos stopped. My world looked like piles of ash. Embers glowed where mountains once stood. The earth smelled like burning rubber. A hand grabbed me, hurling me into a container with some other kids. And I've been here ever since. I'm so sorry, Jude, Kira said softly. I should have never asked you to. It's okay, Mouse said, snapping from her trance. I'm over it. We're here now, Zack put his hand over hers. You've been very brave. Let us help you now. Mouse's naturally sad mouth turned a little at the corners at his touch. Can I just ask? Go on. Mouse rolled her eyes at Kira. Where was the explosion? You said before about the great Narakian explosion, so... I think they just call it that. It felt like the world was imploding. The Witch Queen told us she'd blown it up after we'd left. She loved retelling us that one. Not sure why she took us, though. Guess for child labour. She told me I was one of the lucky ones. I never felt lucky. Mouse looked vulnerable for a second and then shook it off as quickly as it came. 
Anyway, Alex sort of became our leader as she was the oldest. Her brother Daz was like her brother too, until of course he went missing a few years back. We all miss him terribly. What? Daz and Alex are brother and sister? He was her brother, Kira thought. We couldn't have known he was dead. Kira had this perfect memory of him falling into the darkness, free-falling into a fate of never-ending death. Whatever she thought of their encounter with the Witch Queen, all she could see was Daz's disappearing face. The words, save my sister on loop, played over and over in the cogs of her mind, always haunting her. Kira shuddered, her skin prickling in a cold sweat. It's okay, Zack jumped in as though reading her mind. So you, Alex and Daz are all Narakian, like aliens. Kira, Zack gasped. Yes, we are aliens, but so are you, I guess, Mouse shrugged. The good part about being Narakian is that for some reason the Witch Queen's essence-stealing powers don't work on us. She can't drain us or make us zombies. She can hurt us, though. Let's play High Spy again, Kira suggested, trying to change the subject. I think we've run out of things to spy, Zack chuckled. The three sat quietly in thought for the remaining hour, awaiting the final guard change. Chapter 14 The Superman theme stopped Tom in mid-bound. Standing with one hand on his shop door handle, he pulled his phone from his pocket. For a moment, he recalled Kira teasing him, calling him a big nerd for having that particular ringtone. Yes, hello. He recognised the number from the school and expected Miss Watson's soft voice to reply. Mr Matthews, it's Mrs Jackson. Something in her tone unnerved him. Hello, Mrs Jackson, what can I do for you? You told me in good faith that you would have Madison Smith back at school at least in half an hour ago, and it's against school protocol that I even agreed to it. I may be dragged before the board for this. She's not back. Tom glanced at his watch. She's not with you? No, Tom gulped. She's probably still dilly-dallying along the seafront. You know what kids are like. I'm on it, Mrs Jackson. Give me one hour, and I promise after that you can alert the police. This is again against my better judgement, Mr Matthews. Please trust me. Do another sweep of the school, and don't panic yet. One hour, Mr Matthews. She hung up. Tom stood with the phone to his ear, listening to the nothingness. How could he have been so short-sighted, leaving her there alone? Terence bounded down the street toward him, yapping frantically. Where have you been, mate? Terence growled, darting about Tom's feet wildly. Then he ran a little way down the street, stopped, and ran back again. Want me to follow you? Have you found Madison? Okay, you better not be wasting my time. We haven't got long. Tom and the little terrier raced in the direction of the school. Slow down, boy. The tiny, tailless dog ignored him. Try not to bring any attention to ourselves. We are just bin men taking out the trash. Gooch's eyes scanned the school car park as he pulled a cap further down over his abnormalities. The two blank-looking guards opened the car boot and wrapped the unconscious girl in a black canvas sack. Maddie groaned a little and her eyes flickered. Come on, bring her this way. Hurry up and throw her into the vortex. Terence flew at these enemies before they knew what was happening. Tom wasn't far behind. He panted and puffed realising how out of shape he'd become. He watched as the lizardy lowlife cowered and backed into the vortex upon seeing the terrier. Terence's jaw was wide and angry as it locked onto one of the stumbling guards. The other guard was frantically dragging a body-shaped bag along the ground. 
Tom didn't hesitate and ran so fast he knocked the guard back through the vortex. He quickly retrieved the bag and pulled it off Madison. Still breathing. He flopped down next to her, exhausted. Can you hear me, Madison? It's Tom. Can you hear me? She nodded, still a little dazed. Her eyes widened on hearing the commotion nearby. What the... She gasped. The little dog transformed. In the blink of an eye, the tiny terrier's body seemed to blur and judder as it grew taller and rolled upward, his paws changing into feet and hands, his doggy wet snout into a Roman nose. His hazel eyes stared wide, but Tom could still see the dog in them. The former dog-slash-man shook out his limbs, whipped round to face his target and ran at it. This new being punched and wrestled Maddie's last abductor to the ground. Maddie's face crumpled into a puzzle before falling back into unconsciousness. Terence held the enemy in a headlock. Now the dog's out of the bag, Terence joked, not even a little out of breath. Tie him up and bring him to headquarters, Tom instructed. Perhaps he didn't see, the man-dog shrugged. Yes, Captain Terence, she saw it all. Chapter 15 I just wanted to tell you, Miss Matthews, what an honour it is to finally meet you. Can we do this later, maybe? Kira panted, shoving her shoulder forcefully under the rather round boy's bottom. Reach up a little further for me, Zack stage whispered at the top of the chute, his arms stretched out to its limit. That's it, just a little more. The boy's stubby fingers almost touched Zack's tips. I'm trying, your majesty, I just seem to be a little short. Kira, you're going to have to give him an extra push. You can do this, Zack nodded. Are you kidding me? Kira puffed the chocolate stowaway hairs off her sweaty forehead. No problem, Mouse said from below Kira, as she fidgeted impatiently. I'll push you, Kira, and you push him. On the count of three. One, two, three. Mouse's tiny frame could only manage about an inch. Kira centred herself and took a mental run-up to the corked boy, thrusting her body into his behind, letting out a guttural roar as she did so. Shh, Zack and Mouse simultaneously whispered. Got you, Zack pulled up the last slave. The boy fell clumsily into him. Kira, rather exhausted and sweating in places she didn't know existed, attempted to scurry up the almost vertical chute, feet slipping like a cartoon cat on ice. She lost her footing, sending her and Mouse back down the chute. Kira ended up on top of the frail Narakian as they flip-flopped like fish out of water. Mouse eventually untangled from Kira and pulled her to her feet. Thank you, Kira said curtly. Welcome, Mouse replied, making no eye contact. You go back up first, just to make sure you get there. Mouse grinned smugly. Very funny. Kira clambered back up the hole, muttering annoyances as she went. Ladies, nice of you to finally join us, Zack laughed. Kira tried to wipe the muck off her face with a dirty sleeve. Let me introduce you to our three free newcomers. This is Daniel, Lily, and of course you're both familiar with Jamie. Hi. The plump young boy ran at Kira and squeezed her. Kira looked at Mouse's small, thin frame and then looked down at Jamie's. Jamie was the Witch Queen's taster. Lucky for him, nothing was poisoned. Mouse chuckled. Oh, hi again, ja Jamie. You can let go now if you like. Oh, sorry, Miss Matthews. Jamie bashfully tripped backward. It's just that you're my idol. I've always wanted to meet you. Maybe hear you sing? Kira shot Zack a quizzical glare. I really think now is not the time. Zack smiled, putting a firm hand on the boy's shoulder. And you, of course, your highness, 
What an honour to finally meet you. Jamie bowed and Zack raised an amused brow. Right, let's get you all to the sewer entrance. The three crouched down into position. Hold your breath for as long as possible and wait for us at the end. Your friends are already there. Go, go, go. Bye, Miss Matthews, Jamie gushed. Bye, Jamie, Kira waved awkwardly before turning to retrieve her normal clothes. Alex's head popped up from the hole. God, you made me jump, Kira gasped. Alex, you made it. Don't sound so surprised, Mouse, of course I did. Alex scanned the group holding her gaze on Zack. Good to see you all did. Kira frowned, feeling her cheeks burning, hoping they weren't the same colour as the tomato hoodie she was pulling over her head. Thanks for helping us. Alex's tone didn't seem grateful or warm. Kira couldn't read this girl at all. I'm so sorry. She stepped toward the spiky-haired leader. Sorry, why? Alex frowned. For Daz. Kira bowed her head in guilt. Yeah, me too. What an idiot he is. Alex shrugged. Uh, I bet you miss him terribly. Only when my aim is off. Alex looked confused and then a smile crept across her face. You think he's dead, don't you? He's not? Kira, dizzy with happiness, flung her arms around the standoffish girl who seemed quite emotionless. That's the best news I've heard in, like, ever. Okay, alright, calm down, Miss Joy. Didn't you tell her? Alex looked to Zack. No, I thought it was best she found out later, with a little more time. Why wouldn't you tell? Kira froze on Zack's expression. You said I could save my friend. That friend being Daz. Zack nodded somberly. Sorry, am I missing something here? I mean, I know he's a pain in the royal butt, but come on. Alex's hands flew to her hips. Daz is the friend. I thought you meant Joe. Kira gulped. Tears formed so sharply. Her nostrils burned. Zack gripped Kira's hands. We don't know where Joe is. We sent scouts out after the trees took him. There was no sign of him ever being there. I'm so sorry, Kira. I thought it would put you off the mission if you had to deal with his loss. Oh, Kira mouthed, pulling her hands away from his, stepping into the shadows. Okay, we better get out of here, Zack said quietly. Kira, Mouse, you two go first. Alex and I will follow. No, Alex protested. I'm staying. No, you're not. Zack crossed his arms, showing he outranked her. I'm staying to save my brother. He's here, Kira gasped. Yes, the witch has him hanging like some prize chandelier over the throne room. When she's angry, she blasts him with her powers. She must be getting stronger, as his screams are a lot more regular these last few days. So you see, I have to go back before she overcooks him. Daz may be a complete nuisance, but he's my nuisance. Kira saw that same topaz flicker in the girl's eyes that Daz had and Alex looked like a frightened teenager just for the smallest moment. I'll stay too, then. Zack gallantly moved nearer to Alex. No, who will get them all to safety? You must protect them. You must protect Kira. She's right, Mouse nodded. No, Kira yelped, coming out of her Joe coma. What if I'm not special? What if my part is done? I will get them back to your palace, only I'm not sure of the way. Kira screwed her mouth up, feeling a little ridiculous now. I will take the Narakians, Zack agreed. But Alex, if you cannot get in without risk yourself, then don't. Or at least wait. Zack stood unnaturally close to Alex. Her face seemed to soften as he spoke. I'll see you soon. Alex cleared her throat and smiled a little. Okay, drop and go, people. Zack herded Kira and Mouse toward the sewer tunnel like sheep to a pen. I'll come back for you, Zack promised. Don't, Alex insisted, but with a hint of fear. Chapter 16 
Where am I? Maddie rubbed her head, which felt like hundreds of tiny people had used it as a trampoline. You're safe now, Madison. We got you. We? She propped herself up in the chair and let her eyes focus. Whoa, she mouthed, trying to take in all the faces in the room. What the? It's okay, Tom said, bending to her level. The room was stark and white. There were a few chairs around a table with various maps strewn over it. No windows, though, and the door to her escape was blocked by yet more familiar faces. Hello, Madison, said a woman's soft voice. Madison's eyes were still blurring and out of focus. It's me, Miss Watson. Please try to relax. Here, have some water. The drugs they gave you will be out of your system soon. Uh, what drugs? Who would... She doesn't remember, poor thing. Miss Watson passed the water. Perhaps that's a good thing, Tom smiled. You can drink that, you know. It's just plain old water. We're the good guys, remember? Maddie sniffed the water suspiciously, then took a sip and down the rest. Her eyes adjusted from the hazy film covering them as she took in all the faces staring down at her. You, she squealed in shock. And you, and you two as well. What the? Amongst the motley crew was a rather stoic-looking Madame Swift, Piggy Officer Cole, plus a few other faces she'd seen hanging around town. Mr and Mrs Wilson, parents of evil spawns Chloe and Ben, lingered in the corner. Are you hate Kira? I mean, your twins are always giving her grief. Mrs. Wilson stepped forward. She was a very attractive woman. You could see where the twins got their good looks from. It wasn't their short, balding father. I take the blame for their behaviour. We found out about Kira when the children were all still very young. I turned them against her. Mrs. Wilson actually looked remorseful. Why, though? How could you do that to them? Maddie swung her cherry-coloured boots from their chair's footrest and tried to stand. I feel a little dizzy, she said, and her bottom planted itself back down. Try to rest a few more minutes. Tom offered more water. I don't want water, I want answers. Maddie turned back to Mrs. Wilson. How could you do that to a kid? We knew Kira would be called upon one day, and we knew the dangers involved. We couldn't risk our children being dragged into it. By me, you mean, Maddie spat. When you're a mother yourself, you will understand. Mrs. Wilson rejoined her doting, silent husband. So you're all in on this? You're all like spies or something? No... Well, yes. Tom made his half-horsey laugh. We're the rebellion on this side of the vortex. Always ready to keep evil out and protect this world. Well, that didn't help Kira, Joe or Daz. Maddie's voice trailed off, still just saying his name tugged at the seams of her heart. We're doing all we can. Sometimes fate is faster than us. Tom shook his head. Where are we? The basement of my shop. I didn't know there was a basement in... Maddie stopped talking. Her eyes widened on seeing the little terrier with its daft tongue hanging out. You! Madison, why are you shouting at Terence? Miss Watson tried to usher her back to her chair. Don't just sit there, dog. I saw what you did. What you are. I think the drugs must have messed with your mind a little, Madison, Tom said, assisting Miss Watson trying to get Maddie to sit. Don't give me that rubbish, Maddie shouted, trying to break free of their good intentions. I saw that dog change into a man. I'm not stupid, you know. With that, Terence's body started vibrating and gave off an odd drilling sound. The little ball-sized dog unravelled upward into a six-foot-something, sandy-haired, rather handsome man. See? Maddie pointed, feeling a mixture of shock and smugness. Madison, this is the first captain of the King's Royal Guards. Captain Terence, meet Madison. Uh, pleasure, miss. He's been assigned to watch over Kira and her friends. Oh, that's... 
Oh my god, what's that doing here? On seeing the zombie soldier who tried to take her, tied up in shackles, Maddie stumbled backward into the buxom Madam Swift. What's with his eyes? Are you going to, like, torture him and stuff? Uh, no, that's not how we do things here, Madam Swift said, gently pushing her forward, releasing her little toe from under Madison's clumsy boot. I need to know everything, Maddie demanded. She was finally going to be a part of this. The scattered faces all looked at Tom for approval. Well then, I guess we'll just have to trust you. Kira certainly does, and now that you've seen that Terence is a shifter, are you sitting comfortably? Madison's head hurt with all the new information. Pins and needles attacked her limbs from sitting so long. And that is why Kira is so important. You must never tell anyone outside these walls. Not even Kira herself. She mustn't know just yet. Wowzers. Major head message. Madison shook her curls in disbelief. Of course, we could wipe your memory if you'd prefer, Officer Cole suggested, a little too seriously for Maddie's liking. The zombie guard's head shot up, eyes still glazed, mouth open. It began to speak. Instead of a man's voice, a shrill, scratchy voice came through. Thank you, said the witch queen. That was almost insightful. I should come to one of your pathetic little meetings more often. Could have saved myself a lot of time. Bye now, folks. I'll be sure to give Kira your love. With that, the guard's eyes blackened and his head bowed as he gasped his final breath. Chapter 17 Keep running, everyone. Nearly there, Zack shouted at the stragglers behind. You said that twenty minutes ago, Kira panted, coming to a stop, collapsing. Zack ran back and whispered in her ear, Do you want me to carry you? No, I certainly do not. You may want to give little Tony that offer, though. Kira pointed across to the smallest Narakian who looked about to puke from exhaustion. Right, on it. Zack effortlessly picked up the girl and she cradled into him. Last one there's a rotten pixie, he yelled, winking at Kira as he fled into the trees. So this is your home? Kira pushed through the others to take in the wondrous sight. Although Xantar had been stripped of its beauty, the castle, even in darkness, seemed to keep an air of magnificence. Unlike the Witch Queen's spindly gothic palace, which seemed pointy, sharp and cold, this castle reminded Kira of something really ancient, like it could be straight out of the King Arthur legends. It was simple, yet grand, understated but elegant. Kira felt a sad twinge that she would never be a part of its history. A feeling of deja vu entered her mind that she'd stood here before, yet she couldn't have. The royal flags were in tatters, yet fluttered furiously in the breeze. Kira could just make out part of a beautiful lilac tree that was once the symbol of hope here in this now monotone land. Whoa, like, you're so posh. Kira stood agog, scanning the monumental view. Weird how no one's tried to claim it, Zack puzzled. They walked single file behind Zack's lead until reaching the great iron doors, which, to everyone's surprise, just swung open. Zack reached for the lights in the hallway. Looks like the power's out. We'll just have to find some candles, probably somewhere in the kitchen area. Oh, will there be food too? An excited overplump Jamie jiggled from foot to foot. All the Narakians seemed enthusiastic at the thought of real food. They continued to snake through the vast corridors. What's down there? Kira asked, coming to a standstill, looking into a dimly lit, narrow corridor that had a spiral staircase at the end. For some reason, Kira's feet spun like the hands on a compass to point that way. Oh, that's... that's... 
Zack's voice trailed off as if too painful to continue. That leads to my parents' old bedroom. Father hasn't used it since my mother. Let's carry on, shall we? Kira tried to make eye contact with him, but he turned away, heading toward the kitchen once more. Kira slowed and dropped to the back of the line. As the group moved away, she hovered in the entrance of the enticing corridor that led to so much of Zack's anguish. She didn't understand why, but she had to take this route, like a man-sized magnet was pulling her. The voices of her comrades becoming fainter as she took a step into the dark place that beckoned. So, Zack turned to Mark, the oldest Narakian, as the pair searched the kitchen and supply room for candles. Did you find anything out whilst you were down in that god-awful place? Anything that might help us win this war? We know the witch is using Xantarians to build up her own energy again. She does some sort of mind mill with them and the victim returns, well, different. So we've seen. Zack slammed a cupboard door. Is she back to full strength yet? Mark scratched his patchy, stubbly chin. His sunken, tired eyes shifted, checking they had no eavesdroppers. She must be close now. The amount of people she's... used. Mark gulped in the darkness. Your friends are very quiet. They haven't eaten anything substantial for so long. Mark sighed. We know what's behind the black doors. What? Zack stopped, holding his breath. It's a huge machine. She's been using us slaves to mine for crystals for years. The crystals power up the machine. What does this machine do exactly? The witch thinks it will blow the vortex wide open so that Xantar and Earth will merge into one. So she'll be the ruler of both. She tried it on my planet, but something went wrong. She ended up destroying Nirak, not ruling it. She thinks she has the answer this time, though. If it works, Zack said in a hushed voice, she could do it to all the vortexes and rule the entire universe. I'm guessing that's the plan. Mark reached into a drawer, pulling out candles. Right, that's it, I'm going back. I can't just hide here. I have to stop this. No, no offence, Your Highness, but what are you going to do? Mark positioned himself between Zack and the doorway. Please stop and think about this. She could be using the machine as we speak. I promised Alex I'd go back for her. Is there nothing I can say to stop you? No. Now please move aside. Zack passed the panic-looking Narakian before stopping mid-stride. Look after Kira. Don't tell her I've gone back. Zack! Kira burst into the kitchen. Zack! Looking about bewildered. Where is he? Now shouting with urgency at the Narakians who gorged on the feast they had secured, Kira ran from face to stuffing face, looking for the answer, until her eyes met Mark's. Kira, you're shaking. Sit down. Tony, fetch her a drink. I don't want a drink. I want Zack. Where is he? You know, don't you? Mark fumbled uneasily with a loaf. He said not to tell. Mark, I must find him. There's something very important he must know. You went to help Alex, but you didn't hear it from me. Right then, Kira said, ready to follow. No, Mark sprang up, grabbing her arm. Zack wants you here with us, safe. You let him go out there alone, after he risked his life for all of you? He could be killed. Kira felt her cheeks blaze, and her whole body began to shake. Please calm down, miss, Mark shouted as he and the others moved to restrain her. You don't understand. As they closed in on Kira... The glass ring that had been dormant for so long flashed its bright light, forcing them all to fly backward. I'm sorry, 
Kira shouted to her dazed protectors. But don't you see? This is a sign. A sign that I need to go to him. Please don't try and stop me again. This is how it's supposed to be. I feel it. The Narakian stayed on the ground, looking slightly dazed. Stay together until I... We return. Where's Mouse? Oh great, another busybody roaming the kingdom. That's all we need. Find her. Keep together. We may need you if... When we return. Sorry again. Kira backed out of the room and out of the palace, heart pounding like her feet toward her destiny. Chapter 18 Are you crazy? I told you to wait. Zack pulled Alex back into the shadows before she could pounce into certain peril. Man, you shouldn't creep up on people like that. I could have mistaken you for a guard and taken your head off. Yeah, right, of course you could, Zack teased, catching an awkward blush appearing across her sharp cheekbones. Zack smiled to himself. This tough, elfish-looking beauty may have a soft side, and if they made it out of here, well, who knew what might happen? So what now? Zack asked, looking into the dimly lit throne room. Look up. Oh. Oh no. He couldn't believe his eyes. Above them, just as Alex had described, Daz hung lifeless like a puppet. On further inspection, Zack noticed the chain holding him to the ceiling was on a simple pulley system that spun onto a wheel fixed to the wall. Apart from a slight whimper from the boy overhead, it seemed as if they were alone. Let's get him down, Alex pounced forward. Wait, Zack stood firmly in front of her. Don't you think this is all, well, a little too easy? I mean, no guards, no resistance, and no tricks. I don't care, Alex pushed past him. He's barely alive. We won't get another chance like this again, okay? Okay, but I have a bad feeling about this. Right. You get ready to catch him, and I'll unravel the mechanism. The throne room was deathly silent, apart from the juddering of the chain every time Alex rotated the wheel. Zack held out his arms, ready to catch the dead weight of the unconscious boy. As Daz's face drew closer, Zack could see how much he must have suffered at the hands of the Witch Queen. A little lower, a little lower. Got him, Zack whispered in triumph, gently placing him onto his lap. Alex rushed to his side letting the rest of the chain unravel rapidly, smashing to the ground. The noise echoed in their ears as she held on tightly to her brother. The large curtain behind the throne drew back slowly. Well now, that certainly was... entertaining. Zack closed his eyes, shuddering upon hearing the Witch Queen's voice again. Really, Zacky, very stealthy. She burst into a violent laugh. Googe and the rest of her mindless entourage soon followed suit. Zack found the evil dictator's glare. Oh, he gasped from his very gut. Next to the witch was someone he had trusted. There she was, smiling in victory on her smug, overly round face. There was Little Mouse. Chapter 19 Kira slipped through the darkness, through the sewers and the empty, soulless caves, managing to avoid the zombie guards heart-pumping in her throat. But she didn't stop. She knew now she was the one. In the last few hours, answers had found her, and now she had to find Zack. There was an invisible pull that always led her to him, passing the mines, weaving through the maze of yet more tunnels. She found herself standing before a slightly ajar door, from which came muffled voices and laughter. Laughter that gave her goosebumps, like when a pack of hyenas seemed to laugh when circling their prey. Kira peered in, trying to keep to the shadows. It was the throne room, the room where, only a short time ago, 
she herself had taken down the Witch Queen. Kira's eyes first fell on her tall, bony frame. The witch looked totally transformed to how Kira had last left her. She could make out a familiar voice. Alex's. How could you do this to me, Mouse? You're like family. What the hell were you thinking? Kira spotted the helpless three, Zack cradling an unconscious Daz in his lap. She wanted to sob with relief, and then confusion swept within. What had Alex just accused Mouse of? Kira shifted a little to get a better view. Why was Mouse at the Witch Queen's side? Why was she smirking? What was going on here? Zack slowly raised his head in Kira's direction and gave a look saying, Stay back. He couldn't possibly see her, but could he sense her like she did him? Wanting to burst in and feel safe in his arms, but she knew she too would be taken. Kira held her breath, waiting for the enemy's next move. Jude here is my little spy, aren't you dear? The witch queen patted Mouse's head. Why, Mouse, why? Alex screamed. Tell them, dear. The witch queen's eyes narrowed with relish. Zack is mine. Mouse's tone was lifeless and flat. He and I will be married. We are betrothed. What? Ugh, don't think so, sweetheart. You only met a while ago, Zack said angrily. Yes, you did, didn't you? The witch queen circled the three captives. But you see, my little brainwashing machine worked wonders in Jude's tiny mind. It only took an hour or two to make her believe that you two had been promised since birth and that you, Prince Zaki, are the true love of her fruitless little life. Jude, Mouse, finally snapped when she realised you had feelings for someone else. Her eyes flashed briefly over Alex. Yes, my newest invention works wonders, Googe. Bring out my latest masterpiece. Kira heard what sounded like a small army marching into the room, sticking her nose in the gap to get a more complete view. A little miffed to see Googe standing with just one soldier. Unlike the Witch Queen's other guards, this one had a shiny cased exterior and weaponry attached to both arms. What? Zack shook his head. What is that? This, my dear Zacky, is my new improved warrior. He's a prototype. Soon, when I take over the Earth, there will be hundreds just like it. I call him J-1. He works on my voice command alone. Let's give you a demonstration, shall we? J-1, activate. The witch's new toy lifted its helmet and faced forward. Kira stuffed both hands over her mouth, attempting to stifle the despair. The soldier's face was Joe's face. Zack looked over his shoulder at the gap in the door as Kira stepped forward, wanting to reach for him. She stopped. She had to be patient, yet her heart felt like it had broken into tiny fragments and was shattering inside every part of her. Yes, this one was a little tougher to crack. He needed top voltage over many days. Too much passion in him, poor boy. But we soon put a stop to that. J1, the shrill shrew demanded. Take the prince and the girl for preparation. Leave the other one where it is. Googe, you can clean up his remains in the morning. J1, Joe, marched forward. No expression in his usual warm, pale blue eyes. He picked up Zack and Alex, who kicked and struggled, like they were laundry, and threw them over his shoulders, disappearing from view. The Witch Queen swished her cloak to follow as her sinewy frame creaked at the hinges and she froze in mid-stride. Her back still toward Kira, she quarter turned her face to stare at the gap in the door. Kira's heart raced, but then the Witch Queen continued to follow the rest of her clan. The room was empty now. Kira counted to ten and waited for her pulse to slow again. 
her mind frantically whizzing with seeing Joe again, alive. Her plan was to get Daz out, and after that, she didn't have a clue. Tentatively pushing the door a little wider, checking if the coast was clear. Running to Daz's side, kneeling beside him, she put an ear to his chest. There was a heartbeat. I was wondering when you'd come. Took your time. Daz's voice, barely audible, as his eyes smiled when they flicked over her face and then closed again. Can you stand? Kira whispered. I'll try. Kira put his arm around her shoulder and tried to take his weight. After a few attempts, she flopped back down. The ring on her finger shone its golden glow. It warmed her and she felt invincible. The strength she found before when fighting for her life swept through her blood like an angry fever. Kira stood firm, yanked the barely conscious boy to his feet, closed her eyes and concentrated. Maddie, I need you. Maddie, I need you. Maddie's head shot up, her expression fixed, staring wildly. The skin turned almost translucent. Even her freckles seemed to disappear. Maddie? Maddie? Tom waved his hand in front of her face. What's wrong? What is it? It's Kira. Maddie spoke the words, not quite understanding them, like she was reading Morse code from a troubled ship. She... she needs me. She needs me now. Questions fired at her from all directions. How could you possibly know that? boomed Madam Swift. Can you hear her? Is she talking to you now? Officer Cole took out a notepad, poised for more information. Shh! Maddie waved her arms to silence them. Maddie? Tom spoke very slowly. Yes, Tom, Maddie mocked. I'm not stupid, guys. I know she needs me. I don't know how, but there's a real strong feeling in my gut. I must go to her. I can see a vision of the school parking lot like that's where I should go. I must go now. Maddie hoped that they would come too, as she had no clue of what she would be facing. Thankfully, they followed without hesitation. We're coming with you. Tom pushed his glasses firmly up his nose. Like it or not, you're one of us now. Maddie loved being part of something. Something important. Maybe this time she could make a difference, chosen or not. So where are we headed? Miss Wilson asked, grabbing her designer purse. The Vortex, Tom answered. The Vortex? Maddie gulped, watching her new allies look at each other in sheer panic. This is it, gang. Buckle up, Tom said, opening the door that led from the cellar up to the shop. The tension was deafening as Maddie followed behind. With no idea what was about to happen, she gnawed nervously on her hair. Tom stopped in front of her and whispered, Whatever happens, stay close. Chapter 20 Now then, Kira puzzled, looking at the dishevelled lump that was Daz as he hung chimp-like from her shoulder. How am I supposed to get you back through the sewers and back to Zack's palace? Take us to the vortex, Daz croaked with great effort. It's closer. Okay, that may be so, but I still have to get you out of here. Not to mention the claw trees and that massive rocky crevice. There's no way I can drag you across that. Chill. There's a secret entrance out of here. Used it when I was a spy. Also, I know our way back to the vortex and you won't have to carry me. I think I can walk. Well, I wish I knew about this secret entrance before. Won't she be guarding it, though? No. Daz gasped breathlessly. She'll be too busy with her new prizes. Zack and my sister. She looked at him behind all the cuts and bruises. 
his good looks could still be found along with a great sadness. Hold on to me. I'll get you there. Just point the way. Daz nodded as they escaped the throne room. This is the front door, you idiot. It's not secret at all. Kira was horrified. Was he trying to get her killed? Exactly. And they won't be expecting us to leave by it, trust me. He smiled, the amber flecks blazing in his eyes. I see you're the same old Daz, Kira smiled, stepping gingerly through the huge doors. I couldn't tell if it was night or day outside. Everything seemed murky and colourless since the Witch Queen had drained Xantar's radiance. Which way? Kira's gaze settled on the narrow path of deadly trees that had taken Joe and backed away slightly. I can't go down there. I won't. I told you to trust me. Come on. Daz nudged her in the opposite direction. There is a quicker way. It's not pleasant, though. It never is. There are no sewers, are there? Wait and see. Daz's breath became more laboured. The two stumbled and swayed through the mist like two drunken sailors on a windy deck. Whoa, Kira yelled as Daz's arm slipped from around her shoulders and he slumped to the ground. Daz, Daz, are you okay? You need to get up. Stay with me. Shaking him, he seemed to be slipping out of consciousness. I'm really sorry about this, she said, biting her lip, slapping him hard across the face. Oh, that really stung. Evil. Sorry, but you left me for a moment there and we really need to move. Squaw! The two companions stopped in terror as the familiar sound of the Albatron rumbled in the distance. Daz leapt to his feet. She's onto us, move! Running as fast as Kira could pull Daz until they came to a large patch of bogland. Okay, Kira sighed in relief. This looks pretty straightforward. It does. Daz leaned into her a little heavier now, panting. The thing here is, we have to step quickly as it's kind of like wading through glue. We go too slowly and it will set like cement. Then we'd just be stuck here. Easy prey. Still better than the sewer tunnel, Kira smiled. But how fast can you walk in your state? You may have to help a little, but it's not a large area. We just need to get to the other side, to the vortex. Kira looked across and saw the swirling mass, the doorway to freedom. It didn't seem impossible. Scar! Scar! The Albatron's call became louder. Let's go, Kira yanked Daz's arm. Wait he said, pulling back. Your chances of making it are better without me. Leave me. Pack it up, Firth, frowning, hands on hips. I'm just saying, don't sacrifice yourself for me. Again. Kira glanced at the glass ring on her finger. I've learnt a lot about myself today. Trust me, we can do this. She pulled him forcefully into the gooey mass that almost reached their knees. It was like wading through pudding mix, heavy and gloopy, but without the sweet smell. Quicker, Kira yelled, trying to tiptoe through it, pulling her injured friend behind. They'd almost made it to the bog's edge when the Albatron shadow swept across their faces. Squaw! Daz looked up, mouth and eyes wide open. No, no, you can't stop! Kira looked down at his feet as the paper mache type substance turned white and hardened around them. Kira jumped out onto safe ground as the Albatron saw its moment and swooped in to claim its prize. Kira's ring glowed brightly, temporarily blinding the relentless pursuer, sending it off course, knocking Daz over with its momentous clumsiness, catapulting him out of its solidifying mould. He landed on top of Kira. Oh, she squealed. Well, this is new, Daz joked, and totally inappropriate. Kira roared him off quickly. Right, that thing will be back any second. On the count of three, get up and jump into the vortex. One, two, 
Three. Kira pulled Daz to his unsteady feet. Go, go, she yelled, tensing, waiting for the bird's next flyby. Daz was just about to jump through, but instead he stopped and turned to her. You're coming too, right? Kira smiled but said nothing. You can't save him. The Joe you know is gone. I'll be right behind you, Kira lied. Now go. She gave him an almighty push, and he was gone. Safe. Slump, slump, slump. Footsteps, slow and heavy, were coming through the bog toward her. Squaw! Overhead, the mighty bird flew after its prey, straight into the vortex. Kira gasped. The slumping stopped behind. A cold breath hit the back of her neck. Hello, Joe. I was wondering when you'd come for me. Chapter 21 We've been here a while, Maddie. Doesn't look like anything's going to happen. False alarm, maybe. Tom patted her shoulder as she puffed her cheeks out. Okay, people, let's move out. False alarm. Tom began ushering his team out of the school car park. Maddie refused to move. Come on, Madison, we tried. Maybe you just thought you heard Kira because you wanted to so much. No, chewed on her hair anxiously, not taking her eyes from the spot where the vortex should have been. Okay, Tom continued, but you understand I can't just leave you here alone after last... Wait, Maddie shouted, bringing the others to a halt as they started walking back. Wait, what is that? Spitting out the red stringy hair she'd been using as gum and pointing across the car park, a small shadowy figure seemed to spill from a seam in the air, cascading to a saggy heap on the ground. Maddie leaped forward. Stop, Tom shouted, it could be a trap. But his words bounced off her as she ran toward the unknown shadow. Maddie reached the escapee first, who was face down in the ground quickly spinning him over, stumbling backward in shock. Oh my god, Daz! It's Daz, everyone! Leaning over him, touching his face. Daz! Daz! No need to shout, Daz smiled, his eyes just slits. You're still my girl. Always, Maddie mouthed, as he drifted back into a painful sleep. We have to get him to the hospital, Tom yelled back at the others. Everyone suddenly dropped to their knees as the earth below rumbled like a giant's hungry stomach. A ground-shuddering squaw pierced the sky above. The Albatron's metal beak ripped through the vortex. Hit the decks, Officer Kell shouted as the vulture-like vermin flew over their heads. Everyone flung themselves down, all except Captain Terence. He took a great run-up, and as he jumped upward he changed from man to dog to a mammoth-sized dragon. Maddie stared in wonderment, clutching her beloved Daz. She imagined this dragon from a mythical fable of some kind. With its scaly, inky body, bat-like wings and webbed feet, she was happy it was on their side. Its eyes shone like hot coals and its double set of teeth were ready to puncture. The mutation flew gracefully through the sky, colliding head-on with the clunky metallic bird. A banshee-like shriek escaped the Albatron's breath. The pair tumbled, clawing and snapping in flight as Terence pushed his opponent back through the vortex and out of harm's way. No one spoke as they waited for Terence's return, but he never made it back. Right, said Tom, breaking the overlong silence. Let's get this lad to hospital. Maddie stared into space, where minutes ago a man had turned into a creature the size of a navy tanker and attacked a large robotic bird. Uh, guys, what if anyone saw that? Not to worry, miss, Officer Cole replied as he helped Madam Swift pick up a rather floppy Daz. I'll just report it as another government cover-up, if anyone should inform the police. 
So this is the world I'm in now. I so wanted to be part of it. Now I'm not so sure. Madison shrugged. What about Terence? Will he be okay? He's hardly ever lost a fight. Tom winked. Was Kira with you, Daz? Daz, can you hear me? Tom whispered, lifting the limp boy into the back of Madam Swift's orange camper van. Did you see her? Daz smiled and nodded before he passed out. Chapter 22 Kira turned slowly, fearing the pain she would feel on looking at this new Joe. Their eyes met, her heart melted, and as expected, he didn't seem to register her at all. Her hand involuntarily sprang out to touch his face when two scrambling beasts burst through the vortex. She ducked. Joe stood firm, unflinching and uncaring. Oh, Joe, what shall we do? The soldier who wore Joe's face did not respond. Kira bit down hard on her lip to stop her anguish turning into tears. The battle above continued as the beating of wings blew Kira around like a feather. Joe stood rooted. Time to go, he droned, grabbing her arm. He tossed her over one shoulder and waded effortlessly through the pasty gloop back to the dark palace. A ground-shaking thud behind followed by silence told her that the battle was over. Kira wondered who the victor was and if it even mattered anymore. Slumped across her old friend's back, she had an idea. She believed their friendship was stronger than any magic and hoped to get through to him before he turned her over. Joe, she spoke softly. My name is J1. Please be quiet. Okay, J1, but can I ask you something first? If you insist. This Joe imposter seems set on a course like a pigeon to a homing beacon. Do you remember me, Joe? No. Why are you doing this? Because I hate you. Kira's throat tightened. For a few minutes, she couldn't speak. Can I ask why you hate me? He said nothing, almost as if he was trying to search for the answer. You deserve to die, and my queen will see to it that you do. Now be quiet. Kira's mind whirled. Joe, do you remember that day last year when you came first in the 200 metres? You're an excellent runner. Remember? J1 remained silent. Anyway, you won, and afterward we stayed until everyone had gone home. You and I attempted the high jump and the shot put and the hurdles. I fell and was complete rubbish at it all. Kira sensed Joe's body tense a little. Well, I was so rubbish that you'd never laugh so much and, well, I kind of miss your laugh. They'd reached the wrought iron gates of the dark palace. Her plan had failed. I don't recall it, J1 said, in a very matter-of-fact manner. Kira let the tightness in her throat go and tears rolled. But now she knew her Joe was gone. Chapter 23 Welcome back. Daz had opened his eyes and was taking Maddie in. Nice to be back, he barked dryly. Maddie put a straw to his lips and made him drink. How do you feel? she asked. Daz shoved his head back on the pillow. Like the inside of a spot. Yes, he looked like a complete wreck. But he was her wreck. Is it too late? For us, I mean. I know I don't deserve your trust again, but if you just give me another chance, I... Maddie planted a firm kiss on his lips. Ouch. He rubbed his cracked lips. Oh, sorry. No, it's fine. He smiled, pulling her face back to his. You're worth the pain. They kissed again, softly this time, and sat gazing at each other until Maddie's face matched her hair colour. So, uh, Kira said you fell. I don't understand how you survived. No, neither do I, but I ain't complaining. I think it's all about the timing of Zack's change. 
I was falling and all I could see was darkness and your face. The next thing I knew I was chained up, hanging like a chandelier. Daz grimaced. What is it? You can tell me, Maddie said, rubbing his arm. She used me like a puppet, tortured me for the sheer thrill of it and relished every second. Thought I was going to die for sure. Maddie stroked his floppy black mop. Without all the wax in it, she kind of liked it. But you didn't die. Only because of Kira. She came for me. Saved me. Where is she now? Why didn't she come with you? She went back for the others. She has this misguided notion. What were you doing at the Vortex anyway? How did you know to come? Well, it sounds daft, but I got this sort of message from Kira. Like we were linked telepathically. It was intense. I just knew I had to come. You shouldn't be putting yourself in danger, Maddie. I couldn't stand it if anything ever. Look, Maddie stood up. You lot are all saving worlds and stuff and I'm sat in maths class. I've never felt so completely useless, ever. Daz chuckled a little. Wanting to be cross with him but seeing him lying there in a hospital bed so weak, Maddie sat back down and gave him a playful grimace instead. Anyway, I didn't go all gung-ho to the vortex alone. I had backup. A smug smile played on her face. Yes, I have a team now. I'm one of them. What team? Daz tried to sit up. Lay down, you idiot. You need time to heal. No worries. Us Narakians heal fast. You who? Never mind that now. What is this team, Maddie? I've learned so much and there's some top secret stuff about Kira. Tom stuck his head round the door right on cue. Hello, Daz. Good to see you looking a little more... alive. Oh, hi, Tom. Madison, we need to get back to the Vortex. There are some unusual readings we're picking up, Tom said. What? You? Daz sprang up like he had no injuries. You're one of this team? Afraid so, kid, Tom smiled, pushing the glasses up his overly long nose. Wait for me, Daz threw the covers off. Just give me a minute to dress. I know I'm sexy, but I'm not sure even I can pull off the whole hospital gown look. Daz, you need to rest. Lay down, Addy eyeballed him. Nope, whatever's going down, I'm in. Just give me a few minutes to stand. Chapter 24 So where is everyone? Maddie asked sheepishly, scanning the empty school's parking lot. At home, I reckon. It's Sunday, babe. Daz flinched, holding his side. Don't be clever, babe. Where is your... Our team, Tom? Maddie crossed her arms with self-importance. They're on their way. Daz, maybe you should sit this one out, Tom said nervously looking at the boy who was trying to keep up this shambled pretense of being totally fine. I told you I'm here to help. Fight if need be. That evil witch bag has my sister, and now she has my girl's best friend. Plus, it's payback. No one changed Daz's firth up and gets away with it. Maddie felt proud, gushing openly at her brave boyfriend. Suddenly, a bright orange camper van followed by a police car and a Porsche screeched into the car park. Car doors banged as Madam Swift's porky foot stepped out from the van, Mr. and Mrs. Wilson shuffled from their silver sports car, and Officer Cole helped Miss Watson from two other townspeople out of his vehicle. Way to make an entrance, guys, Maddie teased. What, no police sirens? Officer Cole snorted. Okay, folks, unload the van. Tom looked at Maddie and grinned. Wait till you see what we have to offer. Madam Swift pulled open the back doors to the camper van. She and Tom got in and emerged, pulling a huge metallic box. What is it? Maddie puzzled. Tom excitedly pulled the lid off and everyone stuck their heads in. Well, what is all this stuff? Maddie asked, picking up a large golden sword. 
This is our weaponry. And that, young lady, is not for you. Yet. Tom took the sword carefully from Maddie. What's so important about this one? This was found in the king's castle many years ago. It holds great magical powers. Can I just have a little go? Maddie smiled. Hmm, a little go. Tom handed it back slowly, and Maddie heard him gulp. The person wielding it can ask for any weapon they desire. Wow, cool. Maddie waved the golden sword around her head as Daz ducked. Careful. Whoops, sorry, Maddie giggled. Uh, let's see, bow and arrow, please. Maddie was astounded when the golden bow and arrow appeared in her hands. She aimlessly tried to master the weapon, resulting in a cracked windscreen in the orange camper van. Take it off her before she kills someone, Madam Swift boomed. Ah, oh, but I only just got going. Sorry about the van, Maddie grimaced, rushing back to Daz's side. That's my girl. Don't worry, I'll train you, he whispered, giving a cheeky wink. Maddie wondered what else he'd been hiding, and she was looking forward to finding out. She looked across at the others who were pulling out more strange and wonderful weapons. There were small, round, purple-coloured bombs, tiny see-through bombs, oversized hooks, lances, daggers and swords of various widths and lengths. If the readings are correct, Tom said, pulling out a rather odd-looking compass without hands, there is a lot of movement behind the vortex. Something is happening today. Something big. Chapter 25 Well, well, well. A gift for little old me. And it's not even my birthday. How very thoughtful indeed. The Witch Queen's insipid tone sent waves of anguish into Kira's gut. Don't do this, Joe, she whispered into his ear. Try to remember... us. J1 slammed her down. She winced as her left side hit the cold floor of the throne room. The Witch Queen's skeletal frame towered over her. No, a familiar voice shouted. It was him, her Zack. Just being near him again brought the tiniest trickle of hope into her heart. Zack and Alex were chained up in the corner behind the huge gaping hole in the floor that nearly swallowed her and Daz up a few months before. She gulped at the memory. However, could she bypass these fears and face them? Another hurdle to leap. Looking down at her ring for guidance, yet this time there was no glowing or humming. Don't you see, you silly, tiresome girl? I could have had you any time I wanted. All of you. The sewer tunnels, royal palace, hiding in doorways. Stone dead eyes narrowed on Kira. Then why didn't you? Zack yelled, red-faced, unsuccessfully trying to scramble free of the brines. Because you were all so entertaining. And while I was, let's say, a little off my game, I had my little mousie filling me in on all the juicy tidbits. So this was all for nothing, Zack barked. Alex stood quietly, mortified by his side. Everything you've done, every sewer you've sludged through, and every decision you've made is because I let you. Kira looked to Joe, wanting desperately for him to wake from his spell. Uh, did you think he would see you? And all that effort I put into brainwashing him would simply fall away? Silly little fool, she spat almost choking on the hilarity of it all. You see, my dear, you're just too predictable. I knew you'd come back for your little lost limpet. You beat me once, right? Well, that will never happen again. And of course, if you failed to save J1, you would always come back for your brother. What? Zack gasped, gazed firmly on Kira. Yes, you royal imbecile. Don't you even recognise your own flesh and blood? Zack, I wanted to tell you, but not like this. I only just found out myself. 
It all makes sense now. Silence her. J1 picked Kira up and wrapped a metal-gloved hand over her mouth. So we're a family. What's that to you? Zack snapped. Oh, it's the answer I've been searching for, my brave little Zacky. You see, my machine was going to be tested with just you as the key. But now I have the answer. To blow the vortex apart, you and your little sister are like yin and yang, opposite ends of a battery. A battery that, when heated with the crystals we've been digging for all these years, should create a chemical reaction. If I'm right, a nuclear explosion. You're crazy, Zack wrestled and thrashed about, the chains clanking wildly. Yes, I am. Her eyes blazed with malevolent madness. Gouge? Yes, Majesty, the loathsome lizard scurried into view. Is the machine in place? Yes, it's at the vortex as we speak. We are just waiting on your instructions. Good, good. Bring the girl and the prince. What shall I do with the Narakian traitor, your highness? Well, let's see. I am missing my special ornament. Hang her up where her brother was. Alex's eyes widened. This was the first time Kira had seen actual fear from the elfish-looking leader, the girl that Kira had promised to save. Yet now Kira was being pulled away by her best friend. Zack was being dragged alongside by two of the dead-eyed guards and, as they left the palace doors, Zack put his hand out for hers and didn't let go. Chapter 26 The team froze on hearing a loud growling. Terence? Maddie whispered to Tom. He shook his head. The expression in his eyes read terror. They turned slowly as the growling became louder. There, in the mouth of the vortex to two of the Witch Queen's most terrifying beasts, the drogs. Maddie's stomach flipped and her pulse pumped inside her ears. Don't make eye contact with them. It's a sign of attack, Tom informed everyone. With that, Maddie couldn't help herself and looked directly at one. The beast started rearing up as its huge, black, wolf-like shoulders angled to pounce. What did you do? Daz yelled. I couldn't help it. Defensive position, people, Tom commanded, as everyone grabbed a weapon and stood in a line. Maddie grabbed anything she could, whilst Daz took a lance and stood firm, confident like a warrior. Watch out, Tom bellowed as the first drog leapt at Maddie. Daz pushed her away, pointed his lance upward and into the huge beast. The lance pierced this thick black coat straight into its stomach. Bile and putrid blood sprayed all over Daz as the beast's tree-like legs gave way, crushing Daz underneath its body. Help me move it, Tom yelled at his faithful team. Hurry, hurry, Madison screamed. He can't breathe. Everyone rushed to Daz's aid, just as the second drog decided to make its move. It charged at them, knocking and tossing them like skittles, before circling back around for another attempt. As it did so, its fangs bit down into one of the unfortunate townspeople, dragging him along the floor like an empty sack. Ms. Watson quickly got up and grabbed a handful of the see-through bombs and threw them continuously at the vile black hunter, forcing it to let go of its human meal. Tom yelled at the others to carry on pushing the first beast off Daz. He grabbed the magic weapon and asked for a harpoon. He aimed it at the second animal, made sure he had a perfect shot, and took it. He hit the beast right in the neck, and it crumpled like charcoal. The others heaved one last heave, and there was Daz lying flat and unmoving. Maddie dropped to the ground, shaking him rapidly. Daz, no, not when I've just got you back. Wake up. Man, that thing really reeked, Daz spluttered. It's back to the hospital for you, Milado, Tom said, checking him over. 
Oh man, no more hospital food, Daz groaned. You can go back with John. Officer Cole, that drug left an open wound in your leg, Tom winced. Shark attack, Officer Cole nodded at Tom. Nothing else could leave such a huge bite mark. I'll go when I know this is over. Those drugs were sent for a reason. I want to be here when the next thing comes through. Daz squeezed Maddie's hand. I'm not going anywhere until I know my girl is safe. Tom nodded, unhappy at his decision. Everyone looked to the vortex, anticipating what was to follow. Chapter 27 Don't do this, Joe. You'll regret this. Please try to remember who you are. Kira begged pathetically as the Joe imposter placed her onto a plinth on top of the odd metal structure. A glass tube shot upward from beneath her feet, encasing her inside. She looked across as Googe did the same to Zack only a few metres away. It felt like miles. Two scrambling rats in test tubes. Googe hissed a half laugh. Kira stopped struggling, realising it was taking up all the remaining air. So the great Kira Matthews is now just a weak experimental specimen for our great queen. Googe pressed his face up to Kira's glass tube. You'll get yours, Kira whispered. But would he? She couldn't do anything to help now. In fact, she'd made things a whole lot worse by coming back. I'm sorry, she said, looking across to Zack, pressing her hands and forehead on the container. I'm so sorry. How touching you two have found each other at last. And now you'll die together. The witch queen swished her heavy cloak. Zack banged his fist angrily on the glass tube. His green eyes splashed with fire as he shouted hot threats into the air. Oh, really, young man? Amusing as you are, I've grown quite tired of you now. The witch drew up her tawny finger, pointed it at Zack, and blasted the glass cylinder. Zack wailed in agony as the glass turned orange, slowly cooking him alive. Kira thrashed about her prison, trying desperately to smash it. The witch queen's wrath hit Zack again and again. Stop it! Stop it! Mouse appeared from nowhere, like she always did, flung herself across the mighty machine and placed herself in front of Zack's boiling tube. And what, little mouse, do you think you're doing? Saving the man I love. Oh, my poor girl. We really did mess you up good. He doesn't love you. He probably doesn't even like you. I let you believe he did. And the power of love, it seems, is greater than any magic. I don't believe you, Mouse whispered angrily. Now get out of the way. You're spoiling my fun. Mouse took a step to the side as the Witch Queen sent another shot of her unmatched power Zack's way, which sent him cascading down into a heap of devastation. A look of horror spread over Mouse's overly round face. No, she squealed, jumping once more in front of Zack's tube. Her eyes widened as the blast meant for her prince caught the childlike Narakian head on, straight in the heart. Zack looked on in disbelief, reaching out for her as the petite girl slid down his tube and slumped to the ground. What have you done? Put the girl out of her misery, it seems. I have no intention of killing you before I've made a use of you, silly girl. Oh well. She shrugged. Googe, turn the machine on. Let's drain these batteries of their energy and crack this thing wide open. Yes, oh yes, oh great powerful majesty. Googe leapt forward. Something strange caught Kira's eye. A small object running at them and barking. Terence, she yelled in happy confusion. The little terrier flew at Googe's wide torso. The lizardy imp ran in circles as if angry bees were chasing him. 
Gooch, control yourself. Destroy the damn creature now. Gooch continued to flap his stumpy arms and ran off into the distance with a new Terrence-style necklace hanging around his neck. J1, the Witch Queen's nostrils fluttered. Press the button. J1 marched forward to the machine. No, Joe, don't. You'll never forgive yourself, Kira panted, gasping for breath. Don't do it, man, Zack shouted, his voice muffled by the surrounding glass. Remember who you are. Remember Kira. Joe's eyes flickered a little as he pushed the button. As the crystals glowed, too bright to directly look at, the machine made a whirring sound. Kira and Zack wailed in unison as the brother and sister were slowly stripped of their energy. Kira screamed to Joe over and over, but the soldier looked unmoved. I can feel it. My ultimate power shall soon reign over all. I will rule the entire universe and it all begins here. The Witch Queen strode back and forth along the vortex, almost skipping in anticipation. In a few minutes, all I have to do is reach out and take it all. There was an odd mixture of shouting and yelping in the distance. Kira pressed her face to the glass, straining to see the commotion. The zombie guards circled them on the outskirts, making sure no one could get in or out. She could make out figures in the distance charging at these creatures. It was the Narakians. They'd come to help at last. Kira watched closely, but it was hard to tell if such a small team of good could be any use against such fighting machines. The Witch Queen had also spotted the intrusion but didn't seem worried. Turn the volume up, J1. Let's do this now. Joe turned back to Kira and their gaze met. Joe, Kira squealed his name. Remember me. Remember us. You're my best. With that, she felt herself falling as her body anchored down the tube. Closing her eyes, her last thought was, Joe, I love you. Zack and Kira slid down their glass coffins. J1 put his hand out to the button and then froze. What are you waiting for, J1? Do it now. The Witch Queen's voice became demonic as she hovered over the vortex waiting to make her grand entrance. Kira's eyes fought to stay open watching as Joe ripped the button from the machine and then stormed forward, smashing her tube in with his fists of borrowed strength. He tore her from its clutches. Thank God, Kira gasped. Get Zack out. No, the Witch Queen shrieked, closing the gap, knees cracking, teeth gritted. Joe freed Zack and the crystals changed to a cool white. The mighty machine chugged and grinded and began to rumble underfoot. It's going to blow, Zack yelled. Jump! The three dove off the machine which combusted into splintering metal, bouncing off trees, showering down millions of tiny knife-like raindrops. As the force hit the vortex, the blast was almost nuclear. A sonic boom ricocheted around the sky. With a flash, everything went white. Chapter 28 Kira opened her eyes to view the colourless sky above. Everything seemed hazy. Her brain felt like a sponge, like it was too big for her head. Her body ached and was angry with her. Then she remembered. She rolled carefully onto her knees to stand up. Looking out across this once breathtaking land, it looked like a holocaust that hit it, leaving it a stranger to its former self. Shards of silver still sprayed slowly from the menacing clouds above. A recipe of metal, guards, rubble and the odd Narakian lay dotted about the scene. Kira scanned for a familiar face. Joe or Zack had to be somewhere. A few yards away, she spotted a massive blonde curl sticking out a pile of rock and ash, staggering toward it with the little energy she had left. Zack, 
Falling to her knees, she quickly set about pushing the debris from Zack's injured body. Zack! She prayed he had made it, putting an ear to his face, his breath lightly stroked her cheek. All right, sis, Zack smiled feebly. Want to give me a hand up? It took every inch of her remaining energy to pull him up to a sitting position. What happened? Your friend Joe saved us. Well, most of us. His gaze fell on Mouse's tiny crumpled body. Kira's breath caught tightly in her throat and she couldn't seem to look away from the lifeless little blonde. She tried to do the right thing in the end, Kira mumbled. Zack placed an arm around her shoulders. I've never seen a dead body before. It's all very... Surreal, Zack butted in trying to steer her away from the gruesome sight. We knew her. It's weird. Kira found it grossly morbid. Living here is hard, Kira. There are things that you should never have to witness. The sound of rubble sliding and people's groans snapped Kira from her shock. Small groups of survivors, patches of movement could be seen. The ex-zombie guards, somehow broken from their trances, looking about bemused. Your Highness, one of them shouted to Zack. What happened? Where are we? It's good to have you back, men, Zack called back. So her powers over the soldiers has gone? What does this mean? Is she dead? Kira asked in false hope. I'm not sure. Maybe. Terence ran at them, barking wildly, trying to guide them to the whirling mass of the vortex. Come on, Zack slowly rose to his feet. I think he's trying to tell us something. Both followed the fearless little terrier. Something's wrong. The vortex seems to be shrinking. The vortex that was once the size of a small hotel was disappearing before their eyes. Zack attempted to shove his hand through it, but it hit a solid wall. Oh no, instead of blasting it open, she sealed it forever. Zack pushed both hands frantically through his tussled locks. I'm stuck here, Kira gasped. It can't be, you're wrong. Putting one eye to the closing, now coin-sized hole. I see Joe, she shouted in relief. He must have been thrown through in the blast. Maddie and Daz are there too. And my uncle? Where's the witch's body? Find it, Zack commanded his troops. The soldiers began to move large rocks away in search of their evil captor. Oh no, Zack. No, Kira cried. What is it? Zack's voice wavered. She's on the other side. She's in my world. She's changing. Her body's getting smaller. Her face is... She's changing forms. Kira squinted holding in her breath, witnessing the Witch Queen's empty black eyes changing into spiking autumn almonds. Her jagged black crop grew down her back into silky chocolate curtains that fell around her tiny shoulders. Her dark cloak and dress merged into a red hoodie and jeans combo. Lastly, her high-pointed boots turned into sneakers. Kira's sneakers. She's me. She's changed into me. Kira pushed her eye harder against the now pea-sized hole watching desperately. The last image she saw was of the Witch Queen slash evil Kira swooping down and putting her arms around Joe. Then, as if she had sensed Kira watching, she looked up and winked at the disappearing hole in the earth sky. No, 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 Kira wailed in devastation, smashing her fists against the invisible wall. Zack grabbed her, pulling her to him. Stop, Kira, stop. Kira sobbed uncontrollably. Stop, Zack whispered, kissing the top of her head. What are we going to do now? She has my friends. She has my face. The End
Good night. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.